All right, folks, welcome to the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. Today we had a great guest, Danielle McCombs. Danielle, uh, you probably know who she is. She was in the the mortgage industry, the brokerage industry, worked for CBRE, Plum Lending, Meridian uh, in New York, and then moved out to San Francisco. My colleague, uh, Corey Whitesell, actually placed her at Plum Lending um, like seven years ago. Anyhow, she has transitioned over to becoming a, a coach, uh, which is pretty cool. And so I just wanted to talk to her about how that happened, her her her, her, her journey through commercial real estate, and that led her kind of to transition out a little bit. Now she's servicing the commercial real estate industry in another way. So she advises a lot of organizations and individuals within organizations on their career paths. So... Um, different take on what we usually talk about but super interesting and super relevant so uh please enjoy and please also uh listen rate and review the podcast it's that helps get it out to more people in the world um so if you enjoy it uh please do that and i appreciate all your help and thanks again for listening please enjoy all right danielle mccombs welcome to the podcast thanks for being on here Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's great to see you again. Last time I saw you, you were still in the real estate industry and you've managed to uh, get out, start your own gig. Um, then you becomes coaching. How's that going? Yes, it's going great. I left commercial real estate the beginning of 2022 and started out on my own probably started getting clients in March of this year and it's keeps growing and it's really great. So what are you coaching them on your clients? So I am a life coach and I'm coaching people. Most of, I will say most of my clients are in the commercial real estate industry. So just coaching people on finding their best selves, finding their values, finding a way to connect to what they're doing, or is there a place to make a change? Gotcha. Well, that's amazing. Um, yeah, let's, I mean, I'd love to kind of go through your, well, let's, yeah, go through your background and sure. through real estate and then kind of how that helped you get into what you're doing now. Cause most of us, I think this is the first time we've interviewed someone where they're currently not within, I mean, I guess, and partially if your clients are within real estate, then you're within real estate. Um, but you're not, you know, doing a real estate specific role. Right. Correct. So, so I would say that I'm like real estate adjacent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Real estate adjacent. Yeah. You're, a serv- so, you're, you're a service provider for the real estate industry in some way. Yes. So I started my career 20 years ago in real estate working for um, the Community Preservation Corporation, which is a nonprofit out of New York. Mm-hmm. And they provide uh, financing for low and moderate income housing throughout New York. And I was there for nine years. I'll tell you when I started, I didn't know what a mortgage was. I didn't know what commercial real estate was. Um, I just needed a job coming out of college. How did you get that job? Like what, 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 and what did you, what did you learn? Like, remember your first day Mm -hmm. and then remember your last day. Like what, what did you learn over those nine years that like, what skill sets did you pick up and how did you, how did you get the job to start with? I I mean, I literally went through a headhunter and they said, oh, this might be a good place for you. And I started as an assistant. So I was an assistant 
for about nine months. And I think they were like, oh, she knows what she's got a brain and she could do a little bit more. And I moved mm -hmm. up to be a closing coordinator. And then from there, I moved to be an assistant mortgage officer. And by the time I left, I was a mortgage officer. And I just, I learned a lot about the industry. I learned a lot about the nonprofit world and what that looks like. So, and I also went to school while I was there. So I went and I got my master's at NYU okay, while I cool. was working there. So kind of became very committed to the commercial real estate world because I went, I, I dove deep and that's part of, I think my personality as well as uh, uh, just what, what happened there, but was, I'm very committed to this and I'm in real estate and we're going to stay in this. So I did will you say, like working for a nonprofit? I did. I, I liked their mission. I liked the diversity of, of the company, which was something I will say in hindsight, I didn't realize that it was a very diverse company in the commercial real estate world. Just like the people that worked there are very diverse. It was, yeah, I would say the people that worked there were diverse. The people we serviced were very diverse. Um, and I just was something that I didn't realize. Most of my women, most of my bosses were women. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the leadership there was women, people of color. I, so I just assumed that was the way that the world worked. And then yeah. I left there and <laughs> realized that commercial real estate is a very different, um, there's a very different makeup of, yeah. of overall. So you left, you were there and what, what does a mortgage officer do? Like, what did you have to learn how to do over those years? What um, skill sets did you pick up? Yeah. So, I mean, underwriting, relationship building, managing a deal from start to big start to finish so you know being able to interface with clients uh and walk them through the deal so a lot of times too when you're working with these the clients that were i was also doing small building loans so a lot of these people had zero experience in real estate mm. had didn't really know said you know a church that owned a building and said how can we make this something that can help our community so it was a lot of handholding. It was a lot of um, educating people on what was possible with commercial real estate and ways that they could get value out of it. That actually seems like a pretty cool job. Yeah, it was great. I really did love it. And I mean, I started at CBC when I was 22 and I left when I was 31. So yeah. I grew up there um, and made a lot of really great connections and relationships through that that are people who... I'm still close with and are supporting me today. That's awesome. And then you went to you, the, the for-profit side, right? You went to Meridi yes. Meridian yes. Capital, which is a different type of beast, right? That's kind of a more cutthroat, right? Totally. And so it was definitely a big change in <laughs> what I was used to. All of a sudden coming in and, and working at a brokerage. So brokers are, you know, very different animals than nonprofit people. Yeah. And... Oh, just a funny story. I remember one of my first days, we had gotten a commitment letter from a bank and the broker I was working with took a red pen and wrote all over this commitment letter and was like, we're changing this, we're doing this, all of these things. And I said, you can't do that. This is the <laughs> commitment letter. And that was when I was educated on actually we're a broker and that's our job is the first offer is not the loan that our client is getting. Yeah. And that is when I, I started to see the um, benefit and the, the value that brokers actually bring to clients yeah. where working at a nonprofit to the, the brokers that you were working with weren't 
the top of the line always. Mm. So it definitely changed my my view of of what brokers could do and, and the value they bring to deals. That's a, that's great. Yeah. Um, so you're there for a few years. Did you what did, what did you pick up besides that? Yeah, so I was there for five years. And I will say I learned a work ethic that I did not um, experience at CPC. Just <laughs> there were nights I was at the office till 11 o'clock at night, um, back in the office again at, you know, 8am the next day, and working six days a week. And just it, it opened another side of the business I just didn't really see. And the work ethic they had there was um, it was it was I'll come down to it. It was brutal at some points yeah. that it just it became my life. And that was not somebody that I really it was never my goal was to never be a broker. But I will say I learned a ton about commercial real estate there. I learned so many different things that different banks do, what different developers do. And it opened my eyes to the larger portion of commercial real estate. That's awesome. And then, so then you, that's when you met my, my colleague, Corey, right? Mm -hmm. And you were in New York. Are you from New York area? I'm from New York originally. And so I had zero plans of ever leaving New York. Why would I leave New York? It's the greatest place in the world. My family's here. My friends are here. And I got a call from Corey one day and I told him I wasn't interested. And then I got another call from Corey another day and I told him (laughs) I wasn't interested. And when he called me, maybe it was a third time and said, Hey, can you just, can you talk to me for 10 minutes? And I think it was a Friday afternoon and uh-huh. we talked and he told me about this company plum. That was a startup in San Francisco and that, you know, had a lot of opportunities that were different from what I was experiencing. And I started to listen and it started to intrigue me of this could be really interesting mm-hmm. and maybe it's time to make a change. What am I, you know, the worst thing that happens is I can always come back to New York. And I think I spoke to Corey, we started talking in July, maybe of 2015. Mm. And so it was a long period of just deciding myself what I wanted when the company was ready and going back and forth. And I moved to San Francisco in April of 2016 to work for Plum. What do so, you think? What do you think of the San Francisco? I mean, I had a similar journey. I grew up in New mm-hmm. Jersey and then in New York and moved out here um, yeah. 2011. Yeah, so I think I've told you, Chris, you're, you know, of my favorite people that I've met here are the people from the East Coast that moved to the West Coast. <laughs> so yeah. you've got your East Coast sensibilities, but you know that there's a better way of life living out here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. It, what do you think of the city? Are you, you live in the city? Yeah, I live in, I live in the city. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's. It, it's just a better pace of life, I feel, than from New York, which I didn't realize. The pace of life that New York moves at, I didn't realize how fast that was yeah. and how crazy that was until you leave it. Yeah. And so when I moved here and I had, you know, more time or where people say like, oh, what did you do this weekend? And it wasn't, did you work this weekend? Right, yeah. Or how many hours did you work this week? Which is... You know, and when you say, oh, I worked 40 hours, or yeah. if you said in New York, I worked 80 hours, people would ask if you took a vacation day in there. So <laughs> it's definitely the different pace of life and the the balance that there was and is respected out here is very different than I felt in New York. Yeah, for sure. I thought I was going to take over this town when I moved out here. I'm like, I talk faster, walk faster. <laughs> then I just kind of like, you know, got and into you, you more in line. In. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I, I have this very vivid memory. It was when I first moved here. It was a Friday afternoon. I'm walking home from the office and there's people in front of me that are walking slow. And I was really angry. I, you know, and I huffed past them and I walked past them. And then I had this moment of, where are you going? Yeah, what are exactly. you doing? Like, yeah. What are you in a rush for? And it was just a moment where I realized how different things were uh, or, or what I was, the speed I was running on that was not necessary anymore. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. We all learn it. Um, and then you, did you like working for a startup? It seems like that could be in your personality, like building something. Yeah, it was really, it was really a learning experience. I learned a whole different world of the world of venture capital and fundraising. I knew nothing about that coming from real estate. And it was a really fun experience. I think it was a great way to introduce me to San Francisco and uh, met a lot of really great people. We weren't, we were very much in startup stage. So I feel like I got to learn more about a startup than I really did about the commercial real estate worlds here. And we were doing smaller markets. So mm. it was very, it was different. It was very different. And we weren't at a huge level of volume while I was there. Mm. So, I think I got a little bored after a while yeah. um, of just the fact that, you know, we, I, I was hired to build out their underwriting platform mm. and we didn't have much of an underwriting platform. So I think it was a great experience and I'm thankful. I'm thankful every day that Corey made that phone call and kept calling me because it has absolutely changed my life. <laughs> um, moving to the West Coast has been a complete and utter game changer that I don't know that I would have made that decision on my own. Right. Had I not had a reason to move out here. Yeah, me neither. I, I was married to someone that grew up here. So I, would, I was never going to leave ever. <laughs> I get to go back, though, which is nice. Um, yes. And then you made one more move over to uh, the CBRE mm -hmm. for a few years there. Like, when did you start? Were you working with a coach? Like, when was the, when did the idea of transitioning out of, you know, real estate? Yeah. So I think. You? I think a big part of this, and I, I think a lot of people have gone through this transition in the last couple of years of the pandemic gave us a lot of time. And right. I, st I started at CBRE in December of 2019 and started there with a group that I was really excited to work for. I chased them down and I, you know, it took a few months and we, we finally started working together and I was just getting into the groove of getting to know my teammates and, and getting to know the company and and then the world shut down. So I was really only in the office for two and a half months, three months. Mm. And as a person who I am an extreme extrovert, connection is one of the things that's so important to me. And I just it was really hard to create that going from a place where also I I know a lot of people have now started jobs within the pandemic and have been fully remote. But that wasn't how I started. Mm -hmm. So it was just really hard for me to connect with the team and to feel included. The, the job that I had or also started was created for me and it was a new um, it was a new position on the team. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when we went into, OK, we, what are we doing here mode and we need to just keep the ship moving, what I was doing wasn't quite as important. And so I think there was a lot of things that happened, but I just wasn't feeling fulfilled in what I was doing. Mm. And so June of 
2021, I hired a coach and that was just, I knew there was something else that I wanted to do. I didn't Very know California. I've, I've had a yes. coach before too, but like, it, like, where did that, like, did you feel weird doing that? Where'd you find the person? All well, so yeah. So the other part of that led me to this journey is I have a podcast called the opposite of small talk that, um, my friend Christy and I started in 2019. And so I was starting at CBRE oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, starting yeah. this podcast at the same time. And when we started interviewing people, a lot of people had the same story that we were talking to. A lot of people were coaches because we were talking about different, you know, different professional development things. And everybody had a similar story, which was, I was in this corporate career for 20 plus years. I had the title, I had the money. I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled. And as I kept hearing this story again and again, I started to wonder, well, can that be my story too? Or why can't this be my story? (laughs) And so the coach that I started working with, I actually had approached him to be a guest on the podcast. And so we met one day and we were talking and I just felt a connection with him that I said, I want to work with you. And so we ended up working together for a year. He was just on the podcast maybe a month ago. He so it took a long time to get it. Um, Michael Turtis. So we worked together for a year and it was just a really great experience of taking the time to really explore what are my values, what do I really want, what do I see for myself? And I it it was a little bit of a weird experience that what came out of working with a coach was I want to be a coach. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. I I also confirmed with him that I am the first person of his clients that has taken this route. It's not, you know, a multi-level marketing scheme or anything. He's not getting <laughs> paid because I became a coach. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just was this thing that opened up to me. And I realized taking the time to find out what I really wanted was so valuable to me that I want to give that back to other people. Awesome. So what what is it? What do you have to do to become a coach? So I am a coactive institute trained coach. So I took classes. I started in January of this year. I took classes. um, There's five classes that are part of the CTI um, model. And so Mm. you learn their model of coaching. And then right now I'm actually in the middle of my certification, which is a six month program. So the first classes are over a hundred hours of classes that you take to learn their model. And then through my certification, I'm taking another 100 hours of classes and I'm doing 100 hours of training or 100 hours of coaching. Mm. So through that, then by the end of this year, I will take an oral exam and be a certified coach through um, Coactive and through the International um, Coaching Federation. Wow, cool. And how are, so you said a lot of your clients are within the commercial. I mean, you're you're. Mm-hmm. Pretty, I mean, you're, you have a name within this world, like the commercial real estate world, right? A lot of people know you. you. Like you said, you're an extrovert. A lot of your jobs involve relationships, management, and stuff like that. So people know you. Um, how do, like, how do you kind of, how do they, people, do people find you? Were you talking to people? Like, how do you get your clients? So I'm also on the board of Crew San Francisco, so commercial oh, cool. real estate women. Um, yeah. I'm finishing my term this year. And I've also been um, involved in the crew network. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that I've met have been through that network. So it's a lot of women who are in the same part of their career as I am or starting their career or later in their career, actually. 
they kind of run the gamut. But people that are just trying to figure out, like, am I on the right path? Do I really feel fulfilled? What do I need to change that? Or what do I want more of in my life? What do I want less of? So a lot of my clients have come through that network. Mm. And uh, I think the insights that I have of being in the commercial real estate industry for 20 years, I understand where they're coming from. And so, you know, I also just want to be clear that it's coaching the whole person. It's not just coaching their career. It's coaching their personal life, their relationships, anything that they bring like as a whole person. Cause I think that's really important is that we're not just a job. We're not just uh, a wife, a mother, a husband, a friend, you know, we're, we have all have so many roles and I think that we need to look at them as a whole, not just as, well, when I go to the office, I'm this person or now, right. When I close the door to my bedroom where my computer is or whatever it is, the lines have become really blurred too. And I think that has given people want, um, that has given people the desire to really figure out how can I make this work as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And tell me about your, your podcast. Actually, tell yes. me about the coaching. Oh. You said that there you're having mm-hmm. some uh, some event coming up or some some special. So that's actually through the podcast. Okay, so well, all right, let's bring it all so, together here. Yeah. So uh, the podcast is called The Opposite of Small Talk. It is my favorite thing that I do, and I don't know if you feel the same way about this. It's just so fun to talk to people, and the amount of people who are willing to talk to me yeah. is impressive to me. I, you know, they get get to talk about their favorite subject themselves, themselves. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) it is it, but it's just such a, it's been such a fun experience for me. It's been such a learning and a growth experience for me. And I don't know that I would have been where I am right now. Had I not started that, I think I probably still would have been in the commercial real estate industry, whether it was at my last job or someplace else, but I don't think it would have opened the possibilities um, for me. So through the podcast, we um, are doing a, a challenge. It's a 30-day digital challenge. It's mm. called the Choose Your Life Challenge. And what it does, it is meant to bring confidence to the growth mindset that you have in order to make the choices in your life that you want. So it's a 30-day interactive experience um, that happens through a combination of five of live sessions, video content, and digital social interaction. So alongside me and my co-host Christy and the community of people who do this, um, you're guided through a series of ideas to explore your relationship with a fixed and a growth mindset and how to bring out your growth mindset in different ways. So it's, it's designed to help participants learn and grow using proven neurological techniques like positive psychology, social learning, and they're all in small micro learning things mm. like micro learning nuggets so that you retain them over time. And so it takes about five to 10 minutes a day and it's also gamified. So you're, you're putting, you're working with oh, nice. all these other people where you get to socially interact with them digitally, but also you get points for everything you do. And it's for some people that is their motivator. They want to get their points every day. And so they're doing all of these challenges in a way and either way it works whether you're motivated by points or not it does make these subtle changes that after 30 days of of paying attention to gratitude of um you know kind of learning about how to get past imposter syndrome all of these different things after those 30 days you're 
your brain is rewired a little bit to look for the positive in life, to look for where you're curious about things and, and expand on that. I love it. I've done something similar. So, uh, yeah. So that actually, it starts on September 12th. Okay. And, um, if anybody is interested, they can go to the opposite of smalltalk.com forward slash challenge. And you could use the discount code challenge seven for 20% off. I love it. Challenge seven. How did you, that's a great name for a podcast. I can't believe it. No one took it before you did. So funny story. So uh -oh. when Christy and I were brainstorming about what we wanted to name the podcast and we were talking about a whole bunch of different things. And, and one of the things came up where she was saying how we didn't talk on the phone. We've been friends since college. So over mm. 20 years, she was talking about how uh, she didn't like talking on the phone because she hated small talk about, you know, what'd you eat for breakfast? What are you, you know, what are you, what are your friends up to? What are your kids up to? What did you she eat said, for I breakfast? I just don't like this. Oh, it was delicious. It was um, <laughs> yo <laughs> a yogurt parfait. Ooh, right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so she was saying, I hate small talk. And so then mm. we were trying to figure out what do we, what can we call it, you know, that, and we came up with the opposite of small talk, yeah. which someone did have that name. We uh -oh. had released one podcast. Ah. And so she reached out to him and he said, yeah, no problem. Like, don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use it. So we started using the name and now we have, you know, over 70 something episodes. We've been doing this for three years. Well, it turns out he started using it again, but what it's all guy. about EDM music. So it has nothing, <laughs> it has, it's very different from what we're doing. So it hasn't really caused a problem yet, but yeah. it's just, it's, if, if you're looking for a podcast on EDM music, there is also the opposite of small talk out there. That's Feel free crazy. to go for that. But if you're looking for something on personal and professional development for curious people, Look for Danielle McCombs and Christy Allen. I thought you were going to say, and then he's trying to sue you for like, he wants 10 grand for like the, the name back. Hopefully that, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, tell me about your, your host, your, your co-host. Yeah. So Christy and I, um, we met in college. We've been friends for a really long time. The way that we started doing this, she approached me. So I, when I think of the, you know, some of the turning points that have changed the way that I, I run my life, mm. I will say there's been a few different phone calls and text messages. And one was from Corey Weitzel asking me to move to San Francisco. Um, <laughs> two, I got a text message from Christy saying, hey, do you want to host a podcast with me? And my response was about what? Yeah. Like it wasn't even in my realm of what, what would we talk about? Yeah. And her response was, you're supposed to say yes. And <laughs> I said, of course. And so we started this journey and it was the summer of 2019. And it was just saying yes made a huge difference in my life of just, I don't know what this is gonna be. I don't know how this is gonna you know, change anything and maybe it won't. I don't know if anybody will listen, but it was a moment that really changed, uh, it changed it changed my life and it's been such a fun thing. And so Christy and I, we, what we've realized is we have, we come to the same conclusions a lot of the time, but we have very different ways of getting there. Mm -hmm. So our, our lives are very different. She you know, lives in the suburbs of Philadelphia. She has two kids and works in banking and I live in San Francisco. I'm single. I have no children. So we, we kind of live these very different lives, but, have different ways of uh, tackling a problem, but kind of come to the same conclusion. So it, it's always very interesting, um, the discussions that we have 
And over the last three years, I feel like we've learned more about each other and ourselves just by having these really in-depth conversations over topics that might not just come over, come up, you know, on a phone call or over a girls weekend. Yeah. And it, it's been really, really transformational. That's awesome. And then you, uh, yeah, I mean, podcasts are great. I mean, they're, they're so much fun to do. And like, for me, like, it's just, I was realizing, like, I get to hear these people inter interesting stories as a recruiter. And I was like, wow, I think a lot of people would be interested in this stuff. And, uh, it seems to be the case. So mm -hmm. that's great. Um, so what's, what's kind of the next, what's kind of the growth trajectory of the podcast, uh, your, your coaching career? Like what, what do you, what, what are your, what are your goals? So I will say the podcast, I want to see, you know, it grow and continue to grow. It has been, I feel like we hit a little bit of a plateau for a while, but now we're, you know, doing this challenge is opening up new things. Um, and I want that to also be something that can build into my coaching business now that I'm out on my own. I think for a while it was a hobby. It was mm -hmm. a fun hobby. And yeah. now um, I've gotten to the place where, oh, this would be really nice if this could pay me some money. So we've doubled down. We're definitely investing more time into what we're doing and and trying to promote the, the podcast more so that we can get to a place where we can monetize it. And also doing this challenge is a place where I think it, it's opening up our audience and, and opening up to what Christy and I do um, on our own. And then as far as my coaching career right now, it's, you know, it is in its infancy. Mm. We're still within the first year, but it has been so amazing. The people that I'm working with to see their transformation already yeah. and to see that it is making an impact because there are times where you talk to somebody and you know, I'll get off after a session and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that did anything. Yeah. And then I talk to them a week later and they say the things that they've changed or the way that they're looking at something differently. And so to realize that it's one, it's not a, it's not a light switch that you can turn on and off. It is a process. And I know that going through it myself, that it's definitely a process of, you know, learning what's really important to you and how you want to show that show up in your life takes time. It doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. And that there are real, there are real changes that are, that are being made and I'm having impact. So to continue to, you know, find new clients, work with new clients. And, and then I want to do, you know, I, I'm doing some workshops and um, programs. So within commercial real estate businesses within, you know, oh, I'm doing cool. a couple yeah. things for crew, a couple of things for different, um, you know, I, just as an example, I'm going to work with a, uh, a GC firm mm -hmm. with the, for their mentorship program to, to figure out, to do a program for them, to get them excited for the year ahead. And so being able to do, to bring in the stuff that I've learned as a coach and share that with larger groups. And I will share with you my big audacious goal yes. that I, That's I, I don't know when that will happen, but I can see it happening is I have made, I've created and continue to build on this network that has happened through, through my career through being a part of crew through the podcast, the people that I have met, and then the, the web that expands there has been incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to meet so many incredible people who are like-minded, who have different ideas about how to approach the world. 
And I just want to be able to bring all of those people together someplace, like in some sort of, I don't know if it's some sort of a summit where people come to learn from them. I don't know if it's a place where you get all these people in a room and we all learn from each other, mm. but that something bigger can come from that. And that is what I see happening down the road. Uh, but that's what really makes me excited is the connections that I have made and will continue to make and, and see how that moves I was forward. hoping you were going to say become a recruiter. Because you'd be an amazing recruiter. <laughs> We've had that discussion, haven't we? We probably have, yeah. <laughs> uh, you get to help people, mm-hmm. network. It's basically what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we can. I mean, I don't see how we can't work together. Together? Yeah. Self-promote each other. Exactly. What is it? Uh, I'm reading a book about relationships. It's in, intra. Intra. Not not interdependent, intradependent, something like oh, that. Okay. Interdependent, yeah. not dependent, but interdependent, Inter- something like that. Intra mm-hmm. or interdependent. Anyways, that's a healthy relationship, apparently. <laughs> um, is it very foggy in the city today? It's not. The sky is very blue right now. What's the temperature? I think it's like 72. I think it's the perfect day. Well, are you ready to spice it up a little bit and get on the hot seat? Let's do it. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities reduce turnover and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com, K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. questions we ask all our guests. I'm going to maybe change it up a bit as you, well, we'll see how it goes. Do you have a podcast or book and or book recommendation? Okay. Well, I'm going to selfishly say everybody should listen to the opposite of small talk. Mm-hmm. But I'm Bye. also going to promote, um, are we allowed to curse on here? Like say fuck or something? Like say shit. Yeah, you can say shit. Okay. Don't say so, fuck because um, only I can oh, say fuck. Okay, not a problem. Uh, I I would never fucking do that. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend Julie Brown has a podcast called This Shit Works, and it's all oh. about networking. And I recommend it to anybody. She really talks about how networking can change your career, and how important it is. So, plug for uh, This Shit Works. Is she the same? Is she a VJ as well? Downtown Julie Brown? She's not, and she hates when people say Oh, that, man. But... <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping she was. I love her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's uptown Julie Brown. How about a book? Do you have any book recommendations? I mean, I have a million book recommendations. I would say anything Brene Brown, number one. Mm-hmm. Totally recommend her, but I'm sure that other people have said this. The other one that I read recently that I really liked was Think Again by Adam Grant. Oh, okay. I think that has a lot of ways to 
not be so sure of everything and give yourself the opportunity when you're faced with a new opinion to think about it again, see a different way. And I think that's really important. It is. I, I agree. I love that. Um, do you have anyone, do you have any advice for anyone to look at, you know, looking to start out in usually asking the real estate field, but just, yeah, real estate. Yeah. I guess looking at you, I mean, you, you, you said that you didn't even know what it was really. And you just kind of fell into it. And now look where you are. It's, you know, it took, you know, at all, you didn't get to, I always look back on my life and be like, wow, if I didn't, you know, everything led to where I am right now. Right. Exactly. Every little experience, even the ones that I didn't, you know, didn't plan or whatever. Like what, what, what <laughs> advice do you have for somebody just starting out? build relationships. I think that is the most important thing. And just as an example of that is I had a conversation with the person who hired me in commercial real estate mm. 20 years ago, Carolyn now, she, we are now talking about me coming in and doing some coaching for her staff. Oh, wow. And That's so great. 20 years later, she has been somebody who we've stayed in touch, you know, and that, that's a huge, a huge thing to have that support from somebody who it was actually she was in San Francisco for visiting her son and it was the day that I was finishing my my uh, coaching training and so we went to dinner and I said this feels really full circle mm. you were the person that hired me into this this thing that has been my life for 20 years and I'm starting this new thing and being able to have somebody who has supported me for that long but it wasn't just because she liked me and 20 years later I gave her a call. It's because we have stayed in touch and I've made it a point to, to create and cultivate and nurture that relationship. And I think that's the important thing that people also need to realize. It's not just, oh, I know this person and when I need them, they'll be there. It's nurturing the relationship, staying in touch with people in a real genuine and authentic way. That's great. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> That could be the best answer I've ever gotten to that question. <laughs> um, what do you look for in, like, I usually ask hiring people, but like you've hired people in the past, I'm sure, like, and or like people that you want you partner with. Yeah, so I would say people that I partner with has to be people who are really authentic and genuine and know what they're looking for, but are also open to the possibility that there might be a different way to do things. And if everybody can show up that way, the possibilities of what could actually happen are endless. And I find that really important. And it's exciting when you're with other people who are excited about the possibilities that could happen when you all come together. Good, good answer. You're good at this stuff. Uh, how does your, you know, this is the impact real estate podcast and you mentioned this prior, but how, how did your job in real estate and now your current role ha have an impact on the world? I think that I get to help people find their highest and best use to use a commercial real estate term. Um, but they get to find who they really are and then they get to show up in their jobs in a way that maybe they weren't before and show up in their lives in a way that they weren't before. And I think, everyone showing up as them as their best selves is the what the world needs right finding out what is the thing that lights you up and then going to do that thing is what the world needs more of and so in any way that i can help that that is really important to me and i hope and feel like that will make an impact that's great you're lighting me up just talking to you 
Well, Danielle McCombs, life coach of the Daniel McCombs Coaching and podcast host of The Opposite of Small Talk. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been a pleasure.